Vox Quick Hits. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alana Oaken, deputy editor at The Goods by Vox, and this is the best money I ever spent. It's a series where we ask people to tell us about the purchases they've made, both big and small, that have affected their lives. This week, we have a story from writer Maria Teresa Hart, who spent $295 to take Spanish classes so she could brush up on her native language shortly after Donald Trump became president. From the outside, I looked like a carefree shopper. I'd arrived at Idlewild Books last summer, iced tea in hand, to peruse its memoirs and guidebooks. But my real business was in the back, where two classrooms were letting out and a new session was about to start. I was jittery, trying to tune out the racing backbeat of my heart. I ran my fingertips over an adventure title, showing daredevils hanging from a cliff face. These guys climbed Everest, I thought. Surely I can summon the courage to scale the Spanish language again. I'd grown up speaking Buen Castellano, bouncing between North and South America. In my early childhood, my family lived in Seattle, then moved to Chile, where my mother's relatives were, then back to Seattle, all before I was eight years old. Once we resettled in the U.S., my Spanish became warped and weak. Now, like many second-generation kids, my Spanish is a wonky, lopsided thing. Language comprehension can often be thought of as a ladder, where the bottom rung is, hello, please, thank you. Hola, por favor, gracias. One step up is, how much is this and where's the bathroom? ¿Cuánto cuesta este? ¿Dónde está el baño? The middle rungs are herky-jerky conversations about where you're from and what your job is. And the final rung is fluency, an observation point where you can see as far as philosophical conversations about spirituality, politics, and business. However, in practice, I find my Spanish is more like chutes and ladders. Lo puede traicionar el corazón. Tres hombres, Watch a telenovela tres on mujeres, Netflix, jump up five rungs, avoid speaking it for a month, slide back 12 squares. Land on the spot where you need to explain a medical condition, tumble back to square one, flapping your hands to fill the missing words or falling back on English. There are no winners because unlike a game, fluency doesn't have a finish line. No triple word score will get you to the end. But there are plenty of losers, those who give up trying to learn altogether, which is where I was for quite some time. Throughout my life, I'd made several scrambling attempts to level up. There were the workbooks my mother would push on me in grade school. El gato está encima de la mesa. The translated editions of Harry Potter. Harry Potter y la piedra filosofal. I thumbed through those along with copies of Teen Vogue, 
and the class I took as a college sophomore where I struggled through Federico García Lorca, La poesía no quiere adeptos, quiere amantes. It was during this last attempt that my professor pulled me aside to tell me I would never improve. According to her, half-fluent native kids like me were linguistically askew, learning by ear, not by rote. We could speak melodically, but our foundations were uneven because we'd never been leveled out by a stack of grammar books. You can't ascend a ladder that's propped on a warped floor without falling. As an adult, I packed away my Spanish in deep storage, busting it out only on the rare occasions when I traveled or saw family. Still, I got flustered and defensive when the subject would come up, citing arguments I'd read on the site Remezcla about how language doesn't define your Latinidad. I would parade around the names of famed Latinx people who didn't speak Spanish fluently. See, I'd shout to my mom, my coworkers, the supermarket checkout lady. Selena Gomez is the poster girl for Latino achievement, and her Spanish is almost nada. All this was before the 2016 presidential election. After that, words in Espanol became a tripwire that set off ugly confrontations. I'm reminded of viral videos in which restaurant employees or JCPenney shoppers speak Spanish to each other, are terrorized by hate speech from an onlooker. Speak English, or go back to where you came from, are the usual refrain. It's a climate of fear, of slogans about America that read as implicit threats, of wait till Trump gets you. I made a decision. I was heading back to the classroom. Learning my mother tongue was no longer a way to shore up my own shortcomings. It transformed into an act of resistance. If they're coming for the bilinguals, I thought grimly, they can come for me, primero. I'd heard about Idlewell from various friends who'd picked out guidebooks or taken a class there. After spending an afternoon reading Yelp reviews from former students, I enrolled in its top-level Spanish class, Film and Conversation. Still, I felt the old trepidation around attending class and opening myself up to critique and embarrassment. There, I met my instructor, Juan Vallejo, a spectacled documentary filmmaker from Colombia. He explained the class structure to me. Every week, we'd watch a Spanish-language movie, then come together to discuss it, read interviews with the directors, and review words used in the film. I wish I could say that by the end of class, I'd ascended to the tippy-top of fluency. Not quite. I still fumble through words written on the whiteboard and read slowly, occasionally sounding things out. As I said my adios to classmates and packed up my notepads and pen from our last session, Juan took me aside. My stomach dropped to my shoes. Here it comes, I thought, the moment when he tells me I'm a lost cause. Your Spanish is fine, Juan said nodding as if agreeing with himself. Really? Just keep reading. It'll come along. Don't give up. I won't, I replied. Still, I wasn't entirely sure. I wanted to improve, but I was also pretty tired of climbing. Yet, post-class, I found small ways to keep the lessons going, whether it was binge-watching Los Spookies or reading an Argentine fashion blog. Nothing I did created change on a large scale. Every day, the border wall went up. Immigrant families got separated. Dreamers were threatened with deportation. But I was doing the one tiny thing in my control, removing the invisible English-only sign from whatever space I occupied. Three months after my last class ended, my husband and I went to Mexico City on vacation. Putting my Spanish to the test, I ordered churros, hailed taxis, and bought agua frescas. 
I also went masaya in my conversations with locals, discussing LGBTQ rights, climate change, and the political strife in Chile. At the end of my week there, I hitched a ride to Valle de Bravo with a local. It was going to be a hilly drive past several mountainous areas. As I loaded my suitcase into the trunk, I asked the driver about the route. Is there a pretty scenic place to pull over and take photos? I asked her. A high point? She considered for a moment and then replied. The whole trip is scenic if you keep your eyes open for the beauty along the way. (laughs) 